Today in Flex in the City, we talk to Chris Edge, an independent director. He discusses how Luxembourg Financial Services can attract and develop talent through industry collaboration. All that happening right now in Flex and the City. Hello, everybody. This is Rachel Treese for Flex and the City. I'm absolutely thrilled today. We have the wisdom of leadership in the financial services industry. Somebody that many of you will know from if you've lived and worked in Luxembourg. His name is Chris Edge. He's an independent director and advisor, and he lives in both Luxembourg and Bone. More, more about Bone later. Hello, Chris. Welcome to Flex in the City. Hello, Rachel. Pleasure to be here. Real pleasure to have you, Chris. So, so, so I, I, I know you quite well, Chris, but I'm, I'm curious um, for you to be able to share a little bit with our listeners um, about how you ended up in Luxembourg and how you ended up with the career that you, you've, you've had. Well, I, I'm, I'm 63, so I don't know how long your listeners have for me to answer that question, but let me try. I, I would describe myself as an ordinary guy who's had the courage to seize opportunities when they've been offered. Um, I firmly believe life offers you forks in the road. You turn left, you turn right. Uh, mm. And it's a question of trusting your instinct each time. I've uh, been bold enough to make those decisions, perhaps take risks, perhaps make short-term sacrifices with my family, uh, thinking I'm doing the right thing. But whatever ever I've done, I've always done it with a big smile on my face. Um, I arrived in Luxembourg in the 90s, uh, mm. pioneering years for the industry, um, and had the opportunity to run Chase Manhattan Bank here. Okay. Probably the period I learned most of all, um, we had no clue what we were doing at the time uh, in the industry. We figured it out. Um, I did it well, I think, um, was asked to go back to London with uh, what then was J.P. Morgan. Mm. Did a lot, bunch of things with J.P. Morgan um, and then had my midlife crisis in 2005 uh, and decided to run a startup in the U.K., uh, which went well for three years until the financial crisis right. uh, caused that business to crash and burn. And then what do you do after that? Well, obviously, I went to uh, buy and run a business in East Africa, <laughs> of course. Um, wow, okay. Uh, which I did for a couple of years. The commute was not very easy. Um, so I sold that business. And on the day I sold the business, um, I was approached by J.P. Morgan asking if I would ever consider coming back. So life is serendipitous sometimes. It was a perfect moment for me. I found myself back in Luxembourg running JP Morgan. I've run All Funds Bank here. I've run HSBC here. And I've had four years at PwC here. Uh, and now I'm really thoroughly enjoying life as an independent. Fantastic. What's your biggest life then and leadership lesson from, from that experience? Oh, it's, it's um, like I said, I think it's having the courage Mm. To take opportunities when they come your way. Um, you, you can't carefully plan your career. Um, it doesn't work that way. And, and when opportunities come along, just be bold enough to take mm. them if you believe they're the right thing for you and they will advance you. Um, I think that's all I've done. Um, starting even at the age of 17, when most people decide to go to university, I had a, I had a university um, a, a offer to go and become a, a, a physical education uh, coach, mm. I decided to become an accountant. Go figure. Um, so <laughs> it was just the right thing to do at the time. Yeah. Um, so trust your instinct, basically. Trust your instinct. Nice. Well, so 
You've worked in corporations for many years. You've been, let's call it, inside the jar. You're now somewhat outside of the jar as an independent director and advisor, Chris. Um, if you were giving some counsel to some of the leaders in the industry, um, what would be your wise counsel to those leaders in the industry? Uh, in the industry, I, again, I think it's um, corporations have a certain style an expectation. And there is a tendency, I suppose, to be more of a manager than a leader, mm-hmm. a tendency to, to do what you're told um, in a very prescriptive way. And I'm generalizing, not every corporation is the same, um, but that tends to be a, 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 a reflex. Um, I've, I've done well in my career. I've also suffered in my career through doing what I think is the right thing at the time, even within a corporation, and having confidence, assuming the role and the responsibility that goes with it, um, and, and doing things as I see fit. And sometimes that has caused tension with um, the corporate way of doing things. Mm. Now, I'm not going to advise someone to do that because it will get you into trouble one day. Um, but but I, I, I have a conscience that says I do the right thing, um, irrespective of, of corporate um, bureaucracy, um, and I always do that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that's that's all I would say on that one. So in, in your own career, Chris, there must have been plenty of leaders that you've worked with or admired, or, or even there might be some leaders outside of the industry that you, you really admire. Um, do you want to tell us a bit more about that? I, th- I think there are two um, that stand out. Um, the first one uh, is... Jamie Dimon at uh, J.P. Morgan. I had the pleasure of meeting him on a couple of occasions. Mm-hmm. There's someone who just walks in a room and has an aura about them. Um, people listen, and people listen intently, uh, courteously, but respectfully, and knowing they're going to learn something every time he speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I've, I've stood next to him. I've chatted with him. I've learned from him. And he just has that, that inspiring ability to lead Mm. Uh, the other one is is um, a boss of mine at HSBC who sadly passed away, Kian Burke. Um, mm. Now, there's someone who respected the small things, um, small things being so important. He, he would reach out and ask, are you okay? Um, he, he would welcome people by their first name in a large company. He seemed to know everybody by their first name. Mm. Um, probably the most trusted leader I've ever worked for as well. And, and someone, everybody who worked for Kian would, would walk on coals for him. And, and that's, that's a true sign of a great leader. Mm. So, so there's somebody I work with that used to work for you, um, Chris, that always has marvellous things to say about you and your own leadership style. If you're being really reflective, Chris, what would you say that you, you yourself stand for as a leader? Um, uh, first thing I would say is respect is earned. It's not given just because of a rank. Um, I think there's a massive difference between a manager and a leader. Uh, I read something once, um, management is doing things right. Leadership is doing the right things. And, and, and I've always remembered that one. My own style, I always like to let people feel empowered and trusted. 
I like to stretch people. Mm. And, and certainly it's clear to my people in the past, if they fail, I am there for them. I am standing in front of them and protecting them. Mm. Uh, I always try and encourage people. Um, they, everyone can achieve more. I, I remember at HSBC, we ran something called the bigger game. It, it's, a, it's a management culture or philosophy that we picked up and put everyone through this. And the, the, the point was to it, it make people realize at any time in their life, whether at work or at play, they've achieved something and how good a feeling that was. And, and why can't we achieve that and feel that more and more? Everybody is capable of doing better things. They just need encouragement and confidence and belief. And that's really all I've tried to, 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 to do with my people. Um, inspire, believe, motivate, encourage, excite, develop, mm. stretch, um, take people out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just, yeah, the most important probably stand in front of your team when things go wrong. Allow them center stage when things go right. That that would be um, that'd be how I'd sum it up. And I remember another quote. Uh, it was a great one. It went something like, um, "People may forget what you said. People may forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel." It's something like that, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's important. How did you make someone feel? Yeah, how do you make someone feel? So talking about um, feelings, um, I'm curious to know what motivates you, Chris. Um, I'm, I'm sure that you could go down to your wonderful house in Burgundy um, and stay there, but, but, but you're so motivated about our industry. What gets you out of bed in the morning? <laughs> you know, I, I do. I, I, I'm an early riser for sure, and I think the mornings are my preferred times. I'm at my, my most creative uh, and therefore dangerous at that time in the morning. I think what motivates me, um, so, what someone, a colleague I worked with in the 90s helped me with this one, leave your footprints in the sand. And, and it's a sort of visualization uh, of everything I'd like to achieve. Uh, I'd like to look back and say, those are my footprints. I did that. I made that difference. Um, and I'm proud of it. Um, so I, I continue to look for ways of doing that. Have I achieved that? I'm not so sure. Um, I, I, you know, in Luxembourg's village, I still come across many people um, who have from time to time been part of my team, been part of an organization I've run. And, and I'm often surprised by, by you know, and complimented by what they say. Um, you know, you taught me a lot. You encouraged me. You inspired me. And, and I love nothing more than seeing those people with potential and talent realizing their potential and I meet them now and they're in senior positions and I'm really proud of what I've done to help them realize their um their potential along their way absolutely so you've done a huge amount of work um for Luxembourg for the industry um what's your view in terms of Luxembourg as a place for talent and and any of the challenges And, and what can we do to make Luxembourg an even more attractive place than it already is Chris um, it is an attractive place, as you said. I, I think, um, you know, w- w- people want to work here. It has a great reputation. It's, it's, um, it's a melting pot of cultures, of languages, um, and with real opportunities. It's a full employment market, and, and, and it's a good lifestyle. So I think attraction should not be a problem. 
However, we work in a financial services industry in Luxembourg that is stretched in terms of talent and capacity. Um, and it's not just the numbers, it's a skill set uh, situation. The industry is changing, it's transforming, it's moving from mechanical processes to oversight and intellectual roles. And a big shift towards a technology bias as well. Mm. And we have to recognize that. And I think what, what perhaps disappoints me most of all is this is a challenge for the entire industry. It, it is something that the industry, therefore, can only solve by collaboration. Um, and there needs to be more of an industry approach to how do we hire people and attract people in large numbers that can be seeded into the industry? We hire, we train, we, we, we push out to the industry. How hard can it be? Um, this market must hire hundreds, if not thousands of people a year from, from uh, other countries. And I'll come back on that point in just a minute. How hard can it be, therefore, to just expand that somewhat, put them through training, put them through very specific training? And I don't mean university-type training. I mean training around the key talent hotspots the industry has. Let's turn out some risk managers. Let's turn out some compliance officers. Let's turn out some AML officers deliberately, specifically, and professionally and push them into the industry. They will be forever grateful for starting their career um, in Luxembourg and go on to great things. And the other point is, what, what, why are there so few Luxembourgers in the financial services sector in Luxembourg? Mm. Baffled by that one. And, and I'd love to encourage more locals into the industry. You know, I, I'd say the average percentage of workforces who, who are Indigenous Luxembourgers is probably about 5%. I'm guessing, but, but, but that's a sort of anecdotal observation. That's, that's wrong. Mm. That's wrong. And I, and I would love to find ways of attracting some of the great talent into the industry um, for, from local sources. So imagine that I give you the power of the magic wand, the fairy godmother of the financial services industry here in Luxembourg. What, what needs to change? What, what should happen? What, what would you do with that magic wand, Chris? Collaboration um, mm -hmm. across um, um, not necessarily government, uh, that, that has a role to play, certainly in terms of attracting talent from all over the world with, with more, um, more, uh, more thought around uh, visas and uh, qualifications and so mm -hmm. on to get people in the country. Um, uh, certainly collaboration amongst um, industry bodies. I have massive respect for Luxembourg Finance. I think they've got a massive role to play mm -hmm. under Nicholas's leadership. Collaboration amongst the, um, the industry players. Um, um, collaboration of, amongst those firms who do hire in large numbers, the machinery they have, the machinery they have to hire in large numbers, to, to, to source, to filter, to search, to select, to, 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 to bring, to train, and then push out to the industry. The, 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 the machinery, the talent, the skill, the knowledge, it's all there. It needs collaborating and, and harmonizing towards a common solution for the industry. Ed, I'm making it sound easy, but but, but yeah, you asked so me about harnessing, harnessing the collective is what we're talking about. It, it, exactly, Every, we all have the same goals. We're all aligned. It's symbiotic. Um, no one ends up in a competitive advantage, um, but the industry gains from it. Fantastic. So, so um, imagine that 
Chris was today 21 years old and uh, working here in Luxembourg. What would be your wise counsel to that 21-year-old Chris? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so long ago, I can't remember, but... Um, um, so a 21-year-old. Okay, so at 21, um, probably the biggest asset you'll ever have in working in financial services is your network. Um, it, it's people you can reach out to for help, for advice, for counsel, um, or, or people you reach out to as potential clients um, or regulators. You start right now at 21 deliberately building your network of people. And I don't mean just linking with them. I mean, genuinely get to know people who they are, keep in touch, keep that network growing and growing and growing. It will be your biggest single asset. Mm. Um, you know, I can reach out to people through my network now. I can attract people to, to speak at events. I can, I can get um, quick and easy advice. Um, it, and I couldn't do that if, unless I had conspicuously and consciously um, deliberately set out to build that network. Mm. Best advice. Other things read voraciously, be inquisitive, be curious. Um, I mentioned Jamie Dimon earlier. He told me once he, he, he spends 20% of his time. Imagine that CEO of one of the world's great largest organizations. He spends 20% of his time reading. Wow. And I found that amazing. And, 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 and then he explained it. I, I need knowledge. I need knowledge to know what's going on. Right. So, so that, that was another important one. Maybe the third one, take yourselves out of your comfort zone as early as possible. Um, I hate public speaking. I get desperately nervous every time I have to speak in public, but I do it. And I know, <laughs> I know that 10 minutes into the session, I'm really enjoying it. But, but the, the half an hour before, oh my God, it's purgatory. Um, but, I take myself out of my comfort zone. Um, and then the final advice is client, client, client. Be obsessed, mm -hmm. obsessed with what we do in our various companies in financial services is for uh, a direct client and our clients' clients. And never forget that. Absolutely. You're echoing Campbell Fleming, who was one of our recent um, podcasts, um, who also talked passionately about clients. So definitely echoing what he says, Chris, there. Yeah, he, um, he would. He would. Uh, I have massive respect for Campbell. Um, so I'm following him, am I? Oh, geez. There you That's go. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, Chris, outside of financial services, love to know, what, what do you love to do when you're not working hard and supporting the industry? <laughs> um, um, well, again, at my age, I, I, I want to look forward to doing different things. I want to test myself at doing things beyond a, a professional career. Um, we just bought a house in, um, in Burgundy near, near Bone, probably to me the most authentic part of France, um, surrounded by a wine industry um, that I want to learn about. Uh, I want to learn how to speak French properly. I have no choice but to learn to speak French properly in, in Bone. Um, and I want to discover new skills. I have a, a newfound passion for uh, cabinet making and woodworking in general. So for me, it's just you've had 40 years of, of working financial services. It's an industry that has rewarded me and I've thoroughly enjoyed. 
but it's time to do, you know, some years left in me. So I want to test myself uh, with new skills. The eternal growth mindset, Chris. So my final question. I uh, knew you'd analyse me. This is not an interview. (laughs) This is is an analysis. (laughs) So you talked about those footprints and you talked about your legacy um, for the industry. Um, If I was to get really deep and really, really curious, um, what's in those footprints? What's the impact um, that you want to leave or advice you want to give the industry? Well, personally, uh, footprints, um, um, I, I, I think uh, I, I have achieved a situation where I'm respected, trusted, mm-hmm. uh, where I've been seen to stretch myself and achieve good things as a career. There's not really footprints, though. There's some things I'm proud of. Uh, I'm proud of leaving behind um, a large number of people. And I realize every day how large that, that, that um, cohort or universe is or people that I've helped on the career ladder. And I, and I, and I take massive pleasure in seeing them in, in senior positions now. Um, but I think uh, if I have anything left, I, I, I would love to be part of or lead in some capacity this notion of uh, addressing a real problem in the industry around talent and capacity. Uh, and I've got enough years left in me to, um, to, uh, to be inspired by that, motivated by that and excited by that. Wonderful. Chris, I love your passion, love your excitement. Thank you so much, Chris Edge, for being with us today on Flex and the City. My pleasure, Rachel. You just listened to Flex and the City. Catch us on our next episode.